This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Savor. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about eggnog. Yep, yep. <laughs> I think we've mentioned several times uh-huh. on the show before that one of our coworkers, Alex, who was recently on an episode, The Food Fairy Tale, The Almond Tree. Yes. Yeah, he played he played the father and character. He did an excellent. Job. Oh yeah, he was he kept asking in the studio like, "Is this too much? Am I too?" We were like, "No, go no. further, keep going." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we we wanted to see how far he could go, and he did. He turned <laughs> in an excellent performance. Yes. Anyway, every year he makes eggnog, um, a huge batch of it based on Martha Washington's eggnog recipe Mm -hmm. and it's so good it is and so boozy so boozy yeah um that was actually the first time i had eggnog was last year what how did you escape i think in my family it was very looked down upon and avoided i remember specifically going to like kind of an adult party where my parents were at a party and kids were just there i guess Uh sure and there was eggnog and they were like no no and I, that, I think that <laughs> <laughs> filtrated into my brain. And also, yeah, ho- holiday jokes about how terrible it is. I don't think I've ever heard this about this uh, controversy over eggnog. I feel like, I mean, from that, and I guess I've read about it during this research, about it being like a polarizing love it or hate it kind of drink. But I didn't, I didn't know that. Like, even folks I know, myself included, who don't usually like mixing, like, cream and booze, Enjoy a cup of eggnog. Really? Yeah. When was the first time you had it? 
Oh, when I was a child, uh, we had it with my, my, my family made it growing up around the holidays. So uh, I remember it as early as like five. Wow. Yeah. I mean, not with booze in it. <laughs> well, but <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Just to clarify. Yeah. The Guardian's Andrew Shanahan described it thusly in 2006. People rarely get it right, but even if you do, it still tastes horrible. The smell is like an omelet and the consistency defies belief. It lurches around the glass like partially sentient sludge. Oh, but I like partially sentient sludge. <laughs> right? It's some of my favorite sludge. Man, I watched The Blob <laughs> mere days ago, and I had a wonderful time. <laughs> I wonder, like, I feel some people are just grossed out by the idea of it. Like, I've, I've only had eggnog twice. <laughs> right. But in my experience, it doesn't smell like an omelet. It smells like cinnamon and booze <laughs> yeah it smells like booze and maybe nutmeg yeah yeah anyway <laughs> it brings us to our question uh-huh. what is it well it is almost ice cream kind of yeah except it'd be alcoholic ice cream although it doesn't have to have alcohol it does usually come with alcohol Booze helps keep away any microbacterial stuff you don't want in your insides. Uh, the store-bought stuff generally doesn't include alcohol. Yeah. Once you get it home, that's up to you. But, yeah, eggnog is a drinking custard. Um, if you cooked it, you'd have pudding. If you froze it, you'd have ice cream. Recipes vary, but basically you're looking at beating together eggs, more yolk than white, and sugar, then adding cream and milk and flavoring it with a dark booze like rum or bourbon, plus a little bit of nutmeg. It's served cold. The mixture is smooth, slightly thick, uh, sort of like those drinkable yogurts, you know? Mm -hmm. And it tastes rich and creamy and sweet with a mildly warm kick from the booze and the spice. It's it's sort of what you hope a milkshake would be once it melted, but it just never is. No, a melty milkshake's always a letdown. It is. It is. How eggnog is made, though? How? How? Well, um, I mean, in factories, you... Mix those things together. <laughs> you just make it. You may, Yeah. I mean, you probably pasteurize it. Um, a little bit more on some of the other ingredients that would go into factory-made eggnog in a moment. But first, um, at home, the recipe that you might use really depends on what kind of eggnog experience you're looking for. Some folks prefer a lighter nog made with more milk than cream. As a warning, you should add booze to such a nog slowly, as having less fat in the mix can make it curdle when you add in the alcohol. Oh, no. I'll just, you're changing the pH level. You're making those micelles of the fat and protein molecules all clump up together. So, yeah, we've talked about that before in yogurt and butter and various other episodes. Add booze slowly to a less fatty nog. Um, <laughs> can add booze slowly be a T-shirt if it's not already? <laughs> we have the technology. Oh, I'm uh, going to pursue this. <laughs> oh, so many T-shirt ideas. Okay. Uh, some recipes will call for uh, heavy cream or egg whites or both to be whipped into peaks to add a sort of fluff to the drink. There are a lot out there. The good ones will explain what texture you're going to wind up with. But in general, most eggnog recipes want you to let the drink sit overnight so that the flavors kind of mellow and meld. But some folks insist that aged eggnog is absolutely the way to go. Like, mix it up. Keep it refrigerated for a few days, a few weeks, a whole year. My very favorite Serious Eats writer, J. Kenji Lopez-Alt, ran a casual blind taste test of year-aged eggnog versus fresh eggnog and found that folks actually liked the fresh nog better. 
Um, the aged stuff tasted boozier and had uh, developed flavors that were herbal or, or minty, which are welcome in like an Amaro, but tasted off in the eggnog. Huh, you'd think people would like, I mean, I guess if you're not expecting mint, then it's not the most pleasant thing. <laughs> Unexpected mint. <laughs> Unexpected mint. Another shirt. <laughs> too many. Too many shirts. <laughs> uh, yeah, other other researchers have reported notes from uh, banana to pineapple to metal. Metal. So I guess your results may vary. If you're oh, going, that a, oh my gosh, I can't let that pun go, Lauren, because you said notes and then you said metal, and it's a music pun. Oh, oh. You totally meant to do it. I know. I. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize the work of an artist. <laughs> my my brain, my brain, it just puts puns in without even asking me. <laughs> it's doing you a favor. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> mm. It's doing the world a favor. I'm not sure. It, like for me personally, that's sort of neutral. <laughs> Depends on the situation. At any rate, um, I'd say that if you're going to age it um, to avoid some of those off notes, consider mixing the dairy in after you have aged it, uh, when you're getting ready to serve it. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I'd say to start with, to start with like a three-week aging, see how you like it. Mm-hmm. Let it go longer if you want to go longer. Stop there if you don't. What a fun project. Oh, oh man, yeah. For Along with fruitcake, I've got a lot of cooking to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you do want to try that long-aged eggnog to handle the kind of booze-forward nature of it, you might want to treat it as you would... Bailey's, um, or, you know, a, a liquor that's a good mixer, but probably not something that you're going to just, like, quaff a whole mug of straight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lopez Alt recommends long aging and then blending 50-50 with fresh nog. I did find a lot of articles um, about how there are some eggnogs meant for mixing and some meant for drinking straight and that you should figure out ah. which is which. Straight as in straight <laughs> and mixing as in alcohol uh, and other things. But anyway, sure, sure. Um, you should, there's a lot of experimentation out there for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rife with possibility. It is, but it is also rife with calories <laughs> uh, because if we look at nutrition, uh, traditional eggnog of the non-alcoholic variety will run you about – 400 calories a cup, and most of that comes from saturated fats and cholesterol. And then when you add in your alcohol. And your sugar, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, there are ways to lighten up your eggnog, but, you know, moderation, it's a special drink. Exactly. It's a treat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Numbers-wise. Numbers, yeah. Americans drink 130 million pounds of eggnog during the holidays. Pounds. Pounds, yeah. Huh. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration requires the supermarket stuff to contain 1% of egg yolk. Just FYI, if you've had only that and think that you hate eggnog, you, you still might hate eggnog, <laughs> but maybe try something else. Right, try the fresh stuff. Um, and yes, like many things, the FDA does define what eggnog is. It's under section 131.170 of subchapter B. Oh, that's my favorite subsection. If you're looking for it. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, um, it's officially a dairy plus egg yolk plus sweetener food that shall contain no less than 6% milk fat, no less than 8.25% other milk solids, and no less than 1% egg yolk solids by weight. 
skimping on fat and eggs makes the product cheaper and gives it fewer calories, but it'll also make the texture um, kind of off, kind of too watery. Mm. Many store brands will contain stabilizers, thickeners, and maybe some extra sweeteners to keep the mixture nice and smooth and thick and heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of grocery store varieties. Um, there's a soy version, an almond milk version, pumpkin, of course. Pumpkin spice, yeah. yeah. Uh, and like pumpkin spice, uh, eggnog is a flavor now. Um, you can find eggnog lattes and baked goods and coffees and extract and syrup and hot chocolate and taffy, eggnog tea, eggnog moonshine. Um, Three Olives just released an eggnog vodka this October. Just in time for the holidays. Oh, there you go. If you're looking for a gift for that person that you don't like so much <laughs> in your life. I'm just kidding. I haven't tried it. could be fine. Uh, I did. One thing I loved when I was looking at why do people not like eggnog, a reason that came up a lot is people don't like the word. Huh. Which is See, a great reason not to like a food. a food. I love the word eggnog. It's so silly. Eggnog. It's kind of silly. bouncy. Yeah. Sounds like a Lewis Carroll kind of word. It does. Eggnog. eggnog. <laughs> oh, gosh. But you know who is a big eggnog fan? Who? Homer Simpson. Oh. Mm-hmm. He used it instead of milk on his cereal. Oh, jeez. And he blames the U.S. government on its small window of availability. <laughs> oh, Homer. Oh, Homer. <laughs> oh, I know that would be a sugar bomb. <laughs> you just you just went to a place. I did. It wasn't a nice one. <laughs> let's come back. Come back, Annie. Okay. 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 Let's come back. Let's give you a breather for just a minute. Let's go to a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? 
Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. And uh, are you back, Annie? Yes. Okay. I'm back now. Okay. I'm back. Okay. And it, this brings us back to our history bit. Yes. Yeah. And if you recognize some of it, if it sounds familiar, that's because we talked about some of these history things in our Butterbeer episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See that for even more. Even more. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like this fictional food that is now a real food, butterbeer, eggnog probably descended from possets. Also fun to say. Uh, this was a hot, frothy milk sort of ale-like drink that was fairly common in Britain in the medieval times. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, quote, a drink made of hot milk, curdled with ale, wine, or the like, often sweetened and spiced. Sometimes these possets were thickened with bread or oatmeal, mm-hmm. and this drink made you forget how cold and hungry you were, or it made you appreciate just how rich you were. Huh. Uh, the wealthy fancied it up. They added sherry, high-quality milk, um, eggs, and they drank it for their health and prosperity. And when they could, poor folks did too. It was seen as a cure for the cold and the flu, and by the 13th century, Records indicate monks were drinking a posset of eggs and figs. Yeah. It was considered sort of a cure-all. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good food for the infirm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, eggnog got all tangled up with the holidays when it made the journey with the colonists to the New World. Americans had a lot of farms. They had a lot of milk and eggs. And uh, they also had access to a lot of cheaper rum. This made the drink much more accessible than what they had going on in England. And since it was still expensive-ish, thanks to spices and uh, mostly spices, Mm -hmm. uh, it was seen as a luxury drink reserved for celebrations. And since it was cold in the winter and there was no refrigeration, it was good for storage to make it and have it in the colder months. And the alcohol acted as a preservative as well. Eggs might have also been more abundant in the fall, and folks, therefore, might have been looking for ways to preserve them for the winter. Mm-hmm. And there were and are other versions kicking around, too, of course. Mexico had rom pope, and in Puerto Rico, they added coconut milk to make coquito. Peru uses pisco as the base alcohol. There are a lot of different versions. hmm But... What about that name? That name that some people apparently hear and are like, no, no. I do not like that drink. <laughs> We're not sure where it comes from. Actually, possibly it's a riff on grog, a la egg and grog, which denoted thick drinks, um, usually beer, grog did. Or maybe noggin, which was a word for a wooden cup that enters the the record, the written record in 1588. Yeah, the, the term noggin meant a small cup or a mug, and by the late 1600s had developed to mean a small drink, like a small serving of a drink. In Norfolk, England, there was a maybe-related slang word, nog, to mean strong ale consumed from such small cups around that time. So So, Merriam-Webster puts the first known use of the word eggnog at 
1775, which the timing does suggest that maybe it was an American invention. Who knows? (laughs) Mysteries of history. Mysteries of history, but one history, non-mystery, George Washington loved eggnog. The recipe that we keep mentioning, it was not for the weak of heart. And legend says Washington thought only the bravest of souls would sample (laughs) his eggnog. I think that's silly, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) And I love this quote from the recipe. Let set in cool place for several days. Taste frequently. (laughs) And I made it last year after Alex made it because I was like, I've got to share this with everyone I know. Uh And I definitely followed that. Like Taste frequently? I must. I should. The recipe says to. I've got to. (laughs) Of note, during the American Revolution, eggnog was pretty scarce. The, The rum was replaced with moonshine because getting rum from the Caribbean was nearly impossible. And perhaps this scarcity helped cement it as a celebratory drink. Hmm. Could be. In Baltimore during the 19th century, young men would go door-to-door on New Year's Day, toasting folks with eggnog along the way. We kind of talked about this in our uh, New Year's foods. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, And it was seen as a victory if you were still standing when you reached (laughs) the end of your route. As the drink spread throughout the U.S., regions adapted the recipe to make it their own. In the South, for example, they frequently replaced the rum with whiskey. And people really dug it. Uh, And this love of eggnog led to the eggnog riot of 1826. I love any food that has a riot named for it. I mean, the eggnog riot. (laughs) This took place at West Point Academy. It was a tradition for the cadets to enjoy some spiked eggnog around the holidays. Enter new superintendent, Colonel Sylvanus Thayer. And we all know that the new guy in charge wants to mix things up, so he... He makes a mark. He shows. Right. I'm new and in charge. <laughs> well, he wanted to put an end to all alcohol consumption, purchase and storage of alcohol at West Point. And the cadets did not like this. They took to sneaking in alcohol, even crossing the Hudson River for whiskey. Um, Thayer got the sense his rules weren't being strictly followed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he enlisted two guards to keep an eye out for any suspicious activity. And there was some suspicious activity. <laughs> oh, yeah. On Christmas Eve, 1826, these guards keeping an eye out, well, they, they saw something. And this resulted in fights, broken windows, broken banisters that were torn away from stairways. One drunk cadet tried to shoot his commanding officer. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Nineteen cadets were court-martialed. Oh, my goodness. Eleven were expelled, and an untold number of hangovers took place. <laughs> Allegedly, at least 90 cadets partook in the eggnog, including Jefferson Davis. The eggnog riot. Uh, To this day, West Point no longer hosts a holiday celebration. (laughs) Wow. I love this quote about the incident from National Geographic. Luckily, eggnog these days seldom leads to mayhem. That's great. Seldom. Seldom. (laughs) Sometimes, but (laughs) not often. Eggnog remained popular with politicians, too. An editorial from the Chicago Press and Tribune out of 1859 opened with this, Eggnog has ruled the country today. It is a famous drink in public and private houses in Washington on Christmas, and some of the members, in spite of it, reached the house today at noon, and some, in consequence of it, did not get there at all. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> More than one article from the time linked stabbings and altercations to too much eggnog consumption. I don't think that's a property inherent in eggnog, by the way. I Scientifically <laughs> speaking, I, I suspect that that's the booze factor, not that's a pretty big leap, Lauren. I don't know. <laughs> You're right. More research needs to be done. <laughs> On the mayhem properties <laughs> of eggnog. Uh, it did take a hit during Prohibition with folks wanting it um, all the more when they were told they, they couldn't have it. Um, bottled eggnog without alcohol slowly started appearing on grocery shelves in the 40s and 50s. And by the 60s, the cold bottle stuff was pretty common. Mm-hmm. And that about brings us to today. Just about. But... I have one more question that I wanted to answer here, and that is, you're putting raw eggs in a thing. Is it safe? I don't know. Well, I do. And we'll get to that answer right after we take one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And I remember when last year Alex was like, who wants eggnog? 
he his email included a thing that said, I know that it freaks some people out that salmonella might be in there, but there's so much booze, don't worry about it. And I didn't really even know what eggnog was. <laughs> um, and I didn't know I needed to be concerned. But apparently this is a concern people have. Oh, well, m- most recipes like that, that Martha Washington recipe, don't call for you to cook your eggnog at all before serving, which means you're drinking some amount of raw egg. Mm-hmm. And, you know, salmonella is a thing that exists. But, hey, all right, first off, the rates of salmonella infection in eggs is, like, really low, like 1 in 20,000 eggs low here in the United States. That means that any given egg only has a 0.00005% chance of making you sick. Yeah, that's pretty low. Even with a huge batch of nog, your chances of running into a bad egg are infinitesimal. In the States, you can help keep your chances down by keeping your eggs refrigerated while they're still in their shells and by keeping your nog in the fridge once it's made, too. Um, And the booze does help. A couple professors at Rockefeller University in New York ran an experiment back in 2008. It was on behalf of NPR's Science Friday, but also the microbiology department there had been making a six-week aged eggnog for its Christmas parties for like 40 years running, Ah. which I love. Yeah. Um, So uh, these professors got a carton of commercial non-alcoholic eggnog and uh, then made a batch of spiked eggnog and then incubated samples of each for 24 hours at body temperature. After a day, uh, the store-bought nog was a bacterial playground and the spiked nog was sterile. Ah. Booze will kill stuff. <laughs> it will kill stuff. <laughs> um, they, they also did another experiment where they added a dose of salmonella to their boozy eggnog to, to see what would happen. They, they cultured samples for 24 hours, for one week, and for three weeks. The day and the week cultured samples were still contaminated with salmonella, but the three-week sample was sterile. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, you know, aged eggnog is safer than non-aged eggnog. Um, and science advises that your eggnog be about one-fifth booze, approximately 1.5 ounces of 80-proof liquor per egg used. Science says so. Yeah. We can't argue with that. No. Zero percent. Um, however, if you or a loved one are immunocompromised and don't want to risk it, you can look into... There's a bunch of different things you can do. You can look into substitutes for regular old eggs. Um, you know, some stores sell pasteurized in-shell eggs. Those cartons of egg product that you find in the refrigerator case are pasteurized as well. You can pasteurize your eggs at home by carefully bringing them up to a microbe-killing temperature without cooking the eggs. That's really the tricky yeah. part. Uh, in a sous vide situation, that's 131 Fahrenheit, a.k.a. 55 degrees Celsius for two hours. In a pot of water on your stovetop, it's about 140 Fahrenheit or 60 Celsius for three to five minutes depending on the size of your eggs. Um, Or you can use a recipe that cooks the custard before, you know, you chill and serve it. Yeah. Yeah. There are options. So many options. Mm. Yeah. Keep yourself safe. Drink some eggnog. Or don't if you don't like it. Yeah. We really (laughs) can't tell you what to do. Yeah, no, no. Your fate is your own, y'all. There is no fate. No fate but what we make. No fate but what we make. Oh, thank you, Terminator 2, (laughs) for providing us with so much wisdom. Yes. That I continue to live by. Oh, yeah. To this day. <laughs> yeah, we hope that um, maybe we've turned some people around and they're going to try some eggnog. Yeah. Um, and for those that already like eggnog, uh, we hope that we give you a lot of annoying facts <laughs> to annoy people with this holiday season. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whatever the case. And this brings us to 
listener mail. Yay. Yeah. Uh, Brooke wrote, <laughs> I heard you mention something short about ambrosia salad at the end of the nutmeg episode. Just wanted to add that my mom always has to make this salad every big holiday, but she never calls it ambrosia salad. She ends up calling it idiot salad because, quote, any idiot can make it. <laughs> It's a little insensitive, but I can't help but smile when she mentions wanting to make it. Oh. <laughs> I like idiot salad. <laughs> I might use that. Yeah. As long as I don't want to insult, you know, whoever made sure. it. Sure. But if I make it. Right. I'll, I'll label there it you as go. idiot salad. That's good. Yes. My dad used good to, um, I think we discussed when we briefly mentioned this, that there are a very wide variety of ambrosia salad recipes mm -hmm. and mine's uh, the one in my family is essentially a fruit soup like it's orange juice and then oranges pecans coconut pineapple but my dad used to like get a coconut and have oh. a hammer and a oh, screwdriver heck. and wow so that that's, that's tough. intense yeah but yeah. now it's just shredded coconut yeah that's that's not idiot proof at all no i, I wouldn't do it coconuts are dangerous they are sam wrote I live in Scotland, so I obviously don't celebrate Thanksgiving, and neither does anybody around me, but even we get Black Friday. It's completely baffling to me, but I really can't say no to all the sales. A sweet potato with marshmallows, Thanksgiving specials of Friends or The Simpsons or Bob's Burgers on the TV, but most of all, the fact that just like in the parts of Canada where Thanksgiving is not a big deal, people put up their Christmas decorations in November. All very confusing. Anyway... As a vegetarian of nearly four years, I was surprised that I had never heard of seitan. Here, the thing that's most common is corn made from edible fungus, and then there's also tofu. I mostly just omit all the meat substitutes anyway, because why be vegetarian if you're just going to swap it for meat-like things? I agree personally. I am pretty sure that I've eaten seitan, though, even though I wasn't aware of it. I used to work in university halls of residence as a warden in charge of student welfare, mental health issues, health and safety, etc. And it meant that I would have to live in the halls in a flat away from the students, but still close enough that I could get to their rooms in an emergency. So for the job interview, I was invited over for dinner and it was served in the canteen with a meat option and a vegetarian option. I walked in and all I could see was something which was very clearly sausage on one side and something which was very clearly chicken on the other side. Because the rest of the interview panel were a little late getting into the dining room, this was enough time for me to work myself into a full-blown tizzy about the whole situation. What was I going to eat? Did they have it under the counter in a separate area? As I'm sure you've guessed, the chicken was in fact not actually chicken, but I was so freaked out by that point. It had the same kind of grain of chicken and the same kind of bite to it, which no other meat substitute I'd eaten before seemed to have. Was this seitan? Or did they just give me chicken and tell me it was vegetarian so I'd take the job? As it happens, the Thanksgiving episodes of Bob's Burgers are definitely the best ones, even though I don't see the appeal of the event itself. It might be only 7.30 in the morning as I write this, but who knows? Maybe Annie has already started drinking. Happy holidays. Thank you. <laughs> I do love how many people wrote and were like, Annie, oh, you're already drunk. <laughs> it made me laugh out loud. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Maybe I was. Maybe I was. But no problems to report on my cooking side of things. Heck yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. I feel like I've gotten it pretty Nailed down. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't set anything on fire this year, so I'm pretty proud of me too. I, That's always a win. I did put a plastic Tupperware container in the oven to try to reheat it. 
mm. without thinking mm. that it is plastic and does not go into there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I caught it before it totally melted. See? I think overall that's a huge success. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hadn't really thought about um, uh, how like the TV marathons that we have over oh, Thanksgiving yeah. and uh-huh. how weird that might be in other countries. <laughs> Okay, yeah, 24 hours of friends, sure. Sure. Whatever. Whatever. Always fun to hear from an international, get an international Perspective. perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so please keep those coming. Thanks to both of them for emailing us, and we would love for you to email us, and you can, at hello at saverpod.com. We're also on the social medias, and you can get in touch with us there. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. We do hope to hear from you. Thank you so much to our super producer, Dylan Fagan. Ooh, spooky Dylan Fagan. He's got a light on under his face now. Anyway, uh, thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.